Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. What does it mean to meditate? That word, unfortunately, has gotten hijacked by the New Age groups, the Hindu, the Buddhists. But I'm going to read you a couple of definitions and then let's simplify it. And let's really talk about why we must meditate or as we say, in Catholic Christianity, mental prayer. But I like meditate, meditation. It makes more sense. More people know that versus mental prayer. What is that? It sounds kind of goofy, doesn't it? So let's look at the actual definition of meditate. To train, calm, or empty the mind, often by achieving an altered state, as by focusing on a single object, especially as a form of religious practice in Buddhism or Hinduism. That's the New Age definition. Another one, to engage in focused thought on scriptural passages or on on particular doctrines or mysteries of a religion, especially Christianity. Number three, to engage in devotional contemplation especially prayer. Number four, to think, I want to focus on number four here, by the way, to think or reflect, especially in a calm and deliberate manner. Number five, to engage in meditation regarding a religious mystery, for example. And number six, to plan in the mind, to intend. Okay, obviously it's kind of all over the map. When you learn how to pray mental prayer in Catholicism, typically for me, it was always about scripture. So today, as I read the readings, the verse before the gospel jumped out at me and it was one word. It's John 3.16. We see this all over the place, especially at sporting events. And I think the message is, hey, if you believe, you will be saved. But let's read the actual words. And of course, all the interpretations and different versions of the Bible are going to be different. But this is what is on the usccb.org website. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that everyone who believes in him might have eternal life. Might. 
not guaranteed, might have eternal life. Yes, God gave us Jesus. And if we believe in him, we might be saved. (laughs) It's not that we will. It's not a guarantee. And this is where meditation comes into play. And I'm going to take all of those other definitions and just boil it down to something that we should all be doing. To know thyself. To observe ourselves. What does that mean? Obviously, you are working on something for Lent. You're either dealing with a stronghold in your life or you're trying to be more prayerful or live more in the present moment, getting closer to God, either by going to mass or confession or adoration or more prayer time or trying to get a prayer practice in your life. I cannot say it enough. If you do not sit with God, and meditate on scripture, on a mystery of the rosary, on the awe of the Lord in your life and how he came and grabbed your heart and gave you that beautiful gift of faith, then how in the world are you supposed to get out there and live and love like God wants you to? You are not going to be able to do it. This morning, I changed up my whole prayer time, and it was an hour and five minutes. I decided not to lay in my bed. I decided to get up to go into another room where I sat up straight. My feet were on the floor, my hands were on my legs, and I basically listen to some calming, beautiful music that doesn't have words. And it brings me into this calm mind. If you remember that other definition, hang on, I don't remember it. (laughs) Number four, let's go back. Number four, to think or reflect, especially in a calm and deliberate manner. So this is what it means when I say we have to meditate and observe ourselves and give ourselves to God and say, Lord, help me to see what I need to see. So for example, if you've fallen and you fell off of whatever your stronghold was, let's say it's alcohol or it's pornography. I mean, I could go off into all the different things, but let's say you just had alcohol, or you decided you were going to celebrate on a Sunday, maybe it was Latari Sunday, which was last Sunday, which was a rejoice day where the Lord says, look, I want you to be joyful. Yes, it's a season of of penance and sacrifice and fasting, but let's rejoice today. So maybe you rejoiced a little bit too much. (laughs) Maybe you had that glass of wine that you thought was going to be a glass of wine, but it turned into a bottle. I've been there, done that. Now I could just breeze on by and say, well, I'm not going to do that again. Oh, sorry, Lord. And maybe even take it to confession because I over imbibed. I was gluttonous. 
But if I don't sit and reflect with no emotions, with a clear mind, with a stated purpose, deliberately trying to see what happened there. Why did I do that? Why didn't I just stop at two glasses? We need to observe ourselves. Know thyself. So if we go back and we look, hmm, what's happening? Maybe you even intended, because I've done this, I intend to drink the wine with Jesus. I have even made a point to look at my husband, hold the wine stem, gla- the stem of the wine glass, and say, I am going to drink this with Jesus. And what does that do? In the beginning for me, I would be drinking it very slowly. Because I was aware. I did not fall into my old subconscious behaviors and every two seconds grab for the glass, drink, grab for the glass, drink, grab for the glass, drink. So for the first 45 minutes of this moment of celebration where I invited Jesus in, That was great. But then I started drinking it faster and I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't realizing how fast my hand was going to the glass. And I didn't consciously stop myself from doing that. I just fell back into my old routine. And it can happen even if you haven't touched a glass for the last four or so weeks. When we don't cognitively participate and if we're not consciously aware of what is going on, we will fall right back into our old ways. And I don't know about you, but I don't want that anymore. I don't want to have to go to my next season of Lent with the same stronghold. I want God to open my eyes and help me know thyself and observe myself so that I can learn, okay, this is what happened. And then if you continue on, And all of a sudden you get buzzed. And before you know it, you drink the bottle or maybe you want to drink the bottle because you don't want to waste it because you know that you're in the middle of Lent and you're going to go right back on. And that bottle isn't going to stay for another couple of weeks until Easter. That's a logic I've used myself. And then I over imbibe. And then again, I don't look at how I am feeling I don't look at how I'm acting. What type of witness am I? When I first look at my husband and I say, Jesus, drink this wine with me. And then before you know it, what? Jesus and I are pounding down a bottle. <laughs> yeah, that, That's not really how it's supposed to work. But if I don't know thyself and if I don't review, reflect, meditate, and ask the Lord to help me see myself the way that I truly am, 
I am never going to get over that stronghold because I'm not learning like a child. I'm not allowing God to show me the real me. And you've got to be in a meditation where you're not emotionally bound up. Sometimes we look the day after at what we did the night before, especially if it's like something that we truly regret. Or maybe I'm hungover because I drank a bottle of wine. And then I'm in a foggy state. I'm not stable mind. (laughs) I'm altered. And if I look and I say, yeah, no, I don't like this feeling. I don't want to do that again. That's still not truly knowing thyself and observing exactly what happened. Walking through the whole thing. And then coming out with God's heart, God's eyes as he sees me so that I can know, aha, I fell out of consciousness I was not aware of what I was doing. I fell right back into my subconscious programs that I have been automatically doing for decades. Could be the same with you, with eating, with drugs, with pornography. When you're not paying attention, you can easily fall down flat on your face And the whole point of the journey is to learn and get back up. But too many of us get back up and just start walking without looking behind us and figuring out what, what, what did we trip over? (laughs) I find that funny. You know how when you're walking and all of a sudden like you, you stub your toe on a big sidewalk thing that's lifted up a little bit. And you look back like, oh, what was that? (laughs) Like as if anyone's looking at you walking out there. But that's kind of what we have to do. Stop and be like, what was that? How did that happen? And guess what? Most of the time you're not paying attention. That's why you kick the sidewalk. I'm using that as an obvious metaphor here. Okay. So no more. Don't do that anymore. Take a moment in total sobriety and sit down. And allow yourself to get all of the emotions out of your day. Don't think about your to-do list. Don't think about the shame and the guilt. Just open your heart. Calm yourself because it is, meditation is, is calming the mind. The first one, of course, was all about focusing on one thing and emptying the mind. But that's not what we do in Christianity. We put ourselves in front of God and we go inward into our heart. And we do stop the mind from thinking about other things because we are focused on that time with God. What is it that we want to do with God? And in this case, it's reviewing that fall. And that way we have the, the, our heart open and God can truly show us and we can know thyself. We can observe what we did and God can open our eyes and say, this is what happened. And nine times out of 10, I bet it's going to be that subconscious program that just kept us in that same loop. 
Now apply this to anything in your life right now that you are battling with and go through the process. Meditate, ask the Lord to open your eyes, truly observe yourself outside of yourself. I mean, it's not an out-of-body experience, but you're looking at what happened objectively, not emotionally, at least try not to, because the emotions in some cases are going to cloud the observation. And that's why it's so important to put ourselves in the presence of God and to get all of the emotions out and just ask him to give us the eyes to see so that we can know thyself. Okay, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, give us eyes to see ourselves. We can reason ourselves in and out of everything, but we know that you have objective eyes. Your yes is yes, your no is no. So we want that in our lives and we want to learn how we have duped ourselves so that moving forward, our yes can be yes, our no can be no, and our decisions can stick. It's all about awareness, Lord. When St. Paul told us to take every thought captive and make them obedient to the Lord, That's what we need help with. Help us live in the present moment today. Help us to know thyself and to spend that time in meditation with God to truly have the eyes to see exactly who we are. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You owe this to yourself. You need to love yourself enough to spend time with God so that he can show you the stumbles that are coming ahead so that we don't walk in this life and trip over that sidewalk bump, wondering what happened, looking around and looking behind us. When we meditate with God and when we ask him to truly show us the truth about ourselves, we will see the sidewalk bumps before we get to them. And we will walk right over them and not even miss a step. Be completely graceful walking through those hurdles, those stumbles, those roadblocks that we've had in our lives for so long. And there's such freedom in that. There is such joy to learn. Ah, what am I thinking? Why did I do that? Oh, guess what? I wasn't thinking. I was just doing what I always do. And that is the beauty of the journey when God truly helps us to help ourselves. All righty, everyone, get on out there and start your prayer life. Go to my website. I will help you with faith coaching, 
If you need it, we can have a consultation. If you'd like to continue on, we could talk about how that works. Go look at my 40-day prayer course. It's a video prayer course. I come to your email every day. We work on one thing every day. Do not let the most important relationship in your life, including your spouse or your families and friends, God is the most important relationship in your life. Why are you not working on that? Because I could tell you this, your life certainly isn't going to be worse. It's only going to be better. Trust me on that. Love yourself enough to meditate, to put yourself in the presence of God, and to allow him to open your heart and your eyes to truly know thyself. All right, everyone. I love you all. Sorry it's so long. My 10 minutes just weren't enough. And I know I repeated myself, but I don't know if you know this. It takes 17 times for someone to hear a new concept and to be able to articulate it to someone else. So even though you may have heard this over and over again, perhaps maybe today was the first time it clicked. And now you can actually put it into practice. Okay, have a blessed and inspired day.